All right. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for hopping on and listening uh, to this episode. My name is Jason, and this is PRI Talk. Um, You might be thinking that this is a little bit different, Um, and it is, and it's going to be a little bit different um, moving forward. Um, So basically what happened was because of the coronavirus, um, the NCAA uh, and the compliance people there um, at at the Division I level decided to do a little reinterpretation of some of the rules that have been in place. Um, and now I, myself, because I'm connected to the recruiting process, uh, have been classified as a quote unquote coach, uh, even though I've of course retired years ago. Um, so the, the coaches I enjoyed, uh, being on the show and appreciated what I was doing. Uh, and it was really a lot of fun, I think on both sides. Um, but for me, you know, the, the purpose was never to get coaches to jump through hoops and, and try to skirt rules or anything like that. Um, so I decided to take uh, all of the College Coaches Unplugged stuff down um, and kind of restart uh, the podcast and connect it a little bit more to what I'm doing um, with PRI. So, so here we are, PRI Talk. Uh, I'm excited about it. I hope you guys will continue to listen, listen and enjoy the show. Um, my plan is as of right now, as to still have some college coaches on um, the show to discuss some of the things um, similar to what we were doing before with the uh, Coaches Unplugged podcast. Um, it will be Division Two coaches and, and, and some lower levels, but Division One coaches as of right now are going to be um, kind of uh, out of reach uh, for doing that. So, um, so we're going to discuss some of those same topics, but also um, I do want to get on here and talk about um, some recruiting rules and things going on in the sport of volleyball uh, and talk to you guys a lot about that. Um, but having, hoping, have, hoping to have some college coaches on, high school coaches, club coaches, and, and talking about all the various aspects of volleyball and collegiate athletics. So I so want to make this podcast, you know, just like everything else I do at PRI, as beneficial and as informative and as educational as I can um, to everyone listening. So, so hopefully you guys will continue to listen and uh, join me each week. Still plan on doing this every week. Um, so hopefully you guys will continue to um, you know, hop on and subscribe and listen uh, to the podcast. So today is Memorial Day. Um, and this weekend actually was the, the first time probably in two months or more that actually felt like a weekend. Uh, I was joking uh, with a college coach just early this morning really quick um, through a couple emails that that I think I sent a total of three uh, text messages on Saturday. It was great. Um, so everyone kind of seemed to be taking a break this weekend, which I think is, which I think is really good. Um, but Memorial Day obviously has a lot of uh, meaning and a lot of things to it. Um, you know, we, we use this day to remember uh, those that have fought and died for for all of us back here at, at home. Um, and, and I think. I think it goes it goes beyond that. Obviously, obviously, really important to remember um, those men, men and women that serve our country, um, but, but also you know the the, the friends of um, you know that are servicemen, you know that were friends of those that have died. Obviously, t- this weekend is is a is a big weekend for them, remembering those people, and obviously um, as well the families um, of those lost loved ones. Um, you know, wives, sons, daughters, grandmothers, grand- grandfathers, you know, all those people suffer loss this weekend. And so, 
And so definitely want to remember um, those people that have lost their life. That's a huge part of this weekend. But then also, um, you know, those specific families that are dealing with the loss, um, you know, that this is what this weekend is for, is, is for remembering all of you guys and all the sacrifices that you guys have done. So, so thank you um, to, to all the service men and women out there um, that help protect us. All right, let's get to some some current events. Uh, if you've been following me along on Facebook or Instagram, um, hopefully you are doing that. If you're not, you can go Facebook Parallel Recruiting Initiative um, on Instagram as well. Same name, Parallel Recruiting Initiative. I know it's a long long word um, or long words, but uh, it's it's all those words are important to me, and maybe we'll get into that at some point. But um, but as as far as what's been happening most recently. Um, if, if you haven't been keeping up on, on Facebook and other social media, uh, D1 right now, Division One schools are on a dead period through the end of June. Um, now, my guess, and from a lot of coaches that I talk to, they kind of feel the same way. I think that this dead period is going to get extended through July for Division One schools. Um, and there's a reason for that that I'll get into in just a second. Uh, Division Two is on a quiet period. Um, and, and what a quiet period means is there's no off-campus recruiting, right? That's what a normal quiet, quiet period means. So they would allow, allow to be able to have camps on campus if their campus is allowing that. Uh, they can actually do some visits and things like that if campus is open. Um, and so that's what, that's what a lot of Division II coaches are going to be planning on doing during this quiet period. Uh, Division three uh, is really up to the school at this point. Um, actually had an athlete on, on campus at a school a couple weeks ago um, make a visit to a Division three school, which I was surprised. I didn't realize that they had opened up campuses and stuff, which is great. Um, but, but yeah. So, so one thing here, um, why is Division one on a dead period and D2 on a quiet period? Okay. Um, w- one little caveat about the Division two quiet period uh, in talking to some of my, some of the college coaches out there, um, they are actually allowed, Division two coaches are actually allowed to work some camps offsite. Um, now that kind of caught everyone off guard, um, because obviously that's not a quiet period, um, <laughs> the normal definition of the word. Uh, so they've kind of switched that around to say, Hey, if there are some camps and stuff that you can work off campus, then please do again. I'm not sure what level of quiet period that is. Um, but, but I think, you know, again, unprecedented times with the coronavirus and everything like that, um, ha- has led to, to a little bit of this. So. So then why is Division One and on a dead period and Division Two on a quiet period? Okay, the biggest reason for this is going to be um, this whole idea of recruiting advantage. Okay, so um, so the whole notion um, behind recruiting advantage is they get to do it and we don't, right? So that's a recruiting advantage. Um, with with Division One schools because they're recruiting nationally, okay. Um, for just, we'll use Texas as an example because Texas is opening back up, okay? If those Division One coaches in the state of Texas were able to get off campus and recruit, okay, or maybe have camps on campus even, right, um, they would be at a strict uh, or a, a, a definite advantage to those other schools, maybe even in their same conference, outside of the conference, um, because they would be able to have um, camps and go recruit, especially, you know, here in Texas, again, as everything's opening up again, um, lessons have started indoors and clinics and camps and stuff like that are going to be happening in June. 
Um, and so you would have these division one coaches in Texas that would be able to go out and watch kids. And then they would actually be able to have them on, on campus as well. Where, where in other states, um, right, other states haven't opened up um, to that extent yet. Okay, and, and obviously every state is on their own schedule right now. And so, so that, that creates a distinct recruiting advantage kind of from state to state. And so I think Division One, in order to, to combat that, has, has kept everything at a dead period, right? Um, so Division Two, the reason that doesn't affect Division Two as much is because um, Division Two mostly, again, not exclusively, but mostly recruits regionally, okay? So, so it's not necessarily recruiting advantage from, from one state to the next, um, because those, those schools mostly recruit and those conferences are going to recruit mostly regionally. And so, um, if it's affecting one of those schools, chances are in the, in that conference, it's going to be affecting the rest. Okay. Uh, where division one schools, one, they're more spread out and, and things like that. And, and conferences, um, tend to be, you know, wider spread and in different States that are going to have some different impacts right now. So, so that I think is the biggest, um, biggest thing moving forward. Okay. Um, and again, I am, am under the impression or, or under the belief that, that the dead period for, um, for division one sports is going to get extended into July. I just, I think they will. Okay. Um, last week, uh, you guys probably heard, and it was announced that basketball and football are actually returning to campus in June. Um, I did have a couple people mention to me, Hey, Jason, basketball game back on campus volleyball not quite yet is is there something going on here you know we're already talking about maybe a shortened season for volleyball you know are they trying to get a basketball season in before things maybe ramp up again are schools scared about that um and 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 i guess that could be uh you know the the conspiracy theory behind that sort of thing but but i think for the most part um you're looking at football and basketball normally come back to campus at this time or normally are already on campus during this time and in their schedule um for for division ncaa has you know for division one has different schedules for kind of all the sports it's a little bit intense um but but they have you know some some countable activity that they're allowed to do in those sports during this time uh or or during june when they're when they're looking at coming back um and so i think that's that's kind of more of a reason than it is they're going to try to have a basketball season in the fall. Okay. At least that's, that's, that's my thought process. Okay. Um, it was all, also announced, um, that voluntary and eight hours of Campbell athletic related activity could resume in June for all their sports. Okay. So this is really good. Um, it moves that things are moving forward, uh, towards normal, right? We're not quite there yet, obviously. Um, but at least, at least from our perspective, things are moving forward a little bit normal. Okay. Um, what we don't really know and, and kind of what I'm going to try to pick some coaches brains at and figure out what they're doing over the next couple of weeks is, is what is their testing going to look like when their kids get back on campus? What is the, you know, are they going to be quarantining athletes when they look, uh, get back on campus? Um, but that's definitely something that it seems that football is doing. Um, I haven't heard from any basketball coaches quite yet, but my understanding from some football coaches is um, that there's, they have some very strict guidelines that they're following as far as um, testing of their athletes and things like that. Okay. Um, so one of the other questions 
our, our schedule is going to be shortened. Our thing is going to be affected that way with scheduling. Okay. Uh, we know at division two, they've already uh, lowered the total number of games allowed. Okay. They lowered the minimum um, and they lowered the total number of matches that was going to be allowed for this season, um, which, which was a, a big issue uh, for a lot of division two schools and coaches that wanted to keep the maximum um, the same. And, and kind of say, hey, if we can schedule these matches, you know, we want to get the most in for our kids as we can. Um, but, I, you know, for whatever reason, and I think it's mostly a budgetary monetary issue um, right now is, is they decided to lower the maximum for those Division II schools. Um, and, and the biggest issue, I think, with all of that is, is, is volleyball going to have a preseason? Okay, so all these matches that happen, all these big tournaments you know, the first three, four weeks, even at division two, but division one for sure, where you're playing, you know, RPI strong opponents to build your RPI up and you're ranking up, um, are those tournaments going to happen? That's one of the big things that, that coaches and ADs are having to figure out, um, right now from, from a lot of what I've heard. Um, and again, no one knows for sure yet. I feel like everyone is just preparing for the different scenarios. Um, there's definitely a lot of talk about, uh, potentially doing conference only, okay, um, at, at least with volleyball is concerned, okay. Now, it, if that happens, are they going to be taking games away from football? And I and I don't really know that, but that is a question that I think people are asking. You know, if they take away from volleyball, are they going to take away from football? Is this a Title IX issue? I I, I don't have any idea of how that's that part of it is going to work. Uh, maybe I can get someone on that can maybe talk about some of the Title IX issues that are going to happen um, this year with changing of schedules and stuff like that. Uh, maybe they can explain all that. But um, but yeah, it does look like from from a lot of positive perspective uh, that things are starting to open up again, which is great. Um, and so I will definitely keep you guys updated on that. All right, now let's talk about some club volleyball. Um, so last week... Um, last week or so, at least here in Texas, things have really opened up again. Okay. Um, we started with sand courts a few weeks ago, uh, last week, club facilities and stuff started opening up. If you follow any of those clubs on Instagram, they were, you know, posting pictures and, and videos of, you know, what their, um, what their, what their measures are to kind of combat the coronavirus and spreading and things like that. Um, definitely everyone's on the same page. And I think this is every coach, every program in the country, like you don't, no one wants to be that club or that college program that gets, has a kid contract coronavirus, um, and get sick. And obviously all of those, you know, issues that could that could come with that. So everyone is taking, you know, I feel like max precautions right now. Um, the, the social distancing that check-in, check-in temp checks, um, you know, ball and floor sanitizing, hand sanitizer everywhere. I really think that they're, they're doing the best that they can. Um, you know, to, to keep the athlete safe, which I think is really important. Okay. Um, all that positiveness and getting back on the court, um, of course was, was, was shut down a little bit, um, a, a notch or two on Wednesday when USAV junior nationals was canceled. Okay. So as far as I know, as of right now, AAUs is still going on in Florida. I don't think anyone really knows what that's going to look like. If there's going to be any programs or clubs outside of Florida actually attend or how many are going to go. Um, but, but AAUs is apparently still going on, uh, but USAV junior nationals, uh, was canceled. Now this wasn't necessarily a huge surprise. I think if you were kind of following along and, and even when things started to open up back again, you know, at the start of May, if you're doing through the math, 
with, um, if you're looking at the math of the, the progression of what needed to happen, you know, we weren't ever really getting to the point where you're talking about um, the first week of July with allowing thousands of people in the same facility um, together. And, and so I think, uh, you know, especially since we're not at the point where we're having um, pro sports yet or, or things like that, you know, the, the having a nationals with, with as big of an event as it is, um, I think that that was, was definitely a stretch. Um, but there were, you know, a lot of people still holding on to the fact that maybe we could still have a nationals this year. Um, there, there were a, a lot of us here in Texas that were clinging to some kind of hope, you know, um, especially for those athletes that were thinking, Hey, this is going to be my last nationals, you know, I'm a senior next year and, or, you know, graduating early and, and things like that. So, um, I think it definitely hit everyone pretty hard. I know, um, a lot of the, the parents and, and athletes that I talked to were definitely really bummed. Um, but again, I think, I think, you know, with taking into all the, the safety account and measures, um, that we have to now to make something like that happen, it would be, it would be very, very intense. So, um, definitely a bummer, but I think in the end, kind of the decision that everyone expected, um, and, and kind of foresaw coming. So. All right, so uh, last thing, we'll get into a uh, recruiting tip of the week, all right? Try to do this uh, every week on the podcast, give you guys a little bit of a recruiting tip, right? Um, For a lot of you in the 2022 class, you guys know that June 15th is rapidly approaching. Um, And if you're in that 2022 class, this is a huge deal uh, to be able to contact coaches directly for the first time, okay? So the 2022 class has gotten... Um, you know, uh, similar to the 21 class as far as getting kind of hosed in the recruiting process, uh, unfortunately. Um, certainly the 22 class, you know, with the new rules and being able to talk to coaches and then had to stop, you know, girls that were committed um, before May 1st of last year had to stop talking to the coaches they were committed to. So, so anyway, um, June 15th, um, first time where the 22 class can contact coaches directly, Okay. Um, with, with all of my clients, what we've been going through is their list. Okay. And we're, we're come we're writing down our list of who do we know is calling. Okay. Um, uh, and who do we, who do we hope calls and kind of, who do we, um, who are we going to reach out to if we don't hear from them right away, maybe on June 15th or June 16th. Okay. So, so kind of having a two tier list of, of schools that we know we're going to hear from, um, and then schools that we, uh, are going to reach out to and, and, or we hope we hear from. Okay. So splitting up the list that way. Um, so we kind of have a plan, right? So, so my advice for you guys, um, you know, who aren't already kind of going through this process, make sure you, um, have a plan of attack going into June 15th. Okay. Um, so for, for all my clients, again, we're, we're starting through this process and have been now for a couple of weeks of, of keeping track of all of this. Um, but have a plan of attack. Okay. Um, you know, for each school, uh, what questions are you going to ask, um, each school when they call you? Right. Um, and I, and I really think, you know, now is the time to, to ask those specific questions. Um, as opposed to the, what's your coaching philosophy and, 
Um, what's the regular day of a, of a student athlete like at your program, right? So those, those questions are super general. And, and I know for a lot of the 22 class, you guys have been itching to get on the phone with college coaches and they really want to talk to you. Um, and if you come across maybe with some too general of a question, uh, you know, it might send kind of the wrong vibe. Um, but what questions are you asking when a school calls you? And then who are you planning to call if they don't call you, right? So do you have a list of schools or are you just, you know, sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring? Please do not be one of those athletes that's just sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring, okay? Have a plan. Um, hopefully you hear from a couple schools on June 15th and June 16th. Uh, maybe you don't get on the phone right away. Maybe we got to do some, maybe you're sending some text messages and stuff like that to figure out a better time. Um, but I definitely think that you need to have a plan of attack moving forward. So if, if a school, if you don't hear from a school right away, um, how are you planning on reaching out to them? How are you planning on setting up a phone call? How are you planning on, you know, making sure that you're on their list? Cause I think that's the biggest issue right now with recruiting, um, with the new rules is no one really knows anything. Coaches don't know if athletes are interested. Athletes don't really know if coaches are interested. Um, okay. Unless you have someone dig in into all the information for you, um, then, then that can be really hard to know, to know for sure. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that's it. That's the, the tip for this week. Please have a plan, start your plan now or a few weeks out from June 15th. So if you're in that 2022 class, get started. Um, if you have any questions about that, um, you can reach out to me, um, head to my website, privolleyball.com or reach out to me on social media and, and I'll be happy to help however I can. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening and, uh, I'll see you here next week. found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or maybe you're just a big fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast and help keep the podcast alive. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely make that happen. Thank you. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the PRI Talk podcast. If you would like more tips, updates, and recruiting assistance, go to PRIvolleyball.com, check out my blog, or go to Parallel Recruiting Initiative on Facebook and Instagram. If you need recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you out. Please reach out over social media or at my website, PRIvolleyball.com. And thanks for listening.